0: Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We're in a teaching series called Dear God, where together we're learning to practice praying as Jesus taught us. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you again. I know for many of you mothers, this probably isn't the day you imagined or envisioned, but hopefully uh, you are still feeling loved and blessed today. Well, I wanna start this morning by asking you a question. What if I told you there was one thing that if you did every day, it could improve your physical health, improve your psychological health, enhance your ability to be empathetic towards others, help you sleep better, open the door to more relationships, improve your self-esteem, and increase your mental strength? Would you be interested in learning about that thing? Do you think you might do it every day? My guess is you would and I have some good news for you. I'm actually gonna talk about it with you today. It's called gratitude. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude doesn't cost us any money and it certainly doesn't take much time, but the benefits are enormous. In fact, all of the seven things I just mentioned there are backed by research. Gratitude can make such a huge difference in our lives. In fact, several weeks ago, I was looking at some pictures on Instagram and I came across one that a person in our church actually posted. And I'm gonna look at a couple of them here. Number one, you can have the attitude, I'm stuck at home during this pandemic. Or you can have the attitude, I get to be safe in my home and spend time with my family. You can have the attitude, I will get sick. Or you can have an attitude that says, I will self-isolate and wash my hands this will significantly decrease my chances of getting sick. Now, I'm not gonna go through all of those. You can actually find that on our notes section if you're on the live stream right now. But if you wanna take more time to read that, I encourage you to. But I love that because it just takes a small, simple shift of our minds to have a total new reality of life. And we all have the ability to cultivate that in our lives, simply taking a few moments every day, instead of worrying or thinking about all the things that we deserve, we can turn that around and be grateful for what we already have. Developing an attitude of gratitude is one of the simplest ways to improve your satisfaction in life. And friends, this is nothing new to the Bible. From the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, if you're following on your notes, God directs his people to rejoice over 150 times. That doesn't even count the numerous times, the countless times that people show gratitude or thanksgiving to God. You know what, maybe God actually knew the importance of gratitude before any of this research came out. I'm pretty sure he did. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, which we're studying together as a church right now in a series called Dear God, Jesus tells us we should practice this every time we pray. Again, if you're following on your notes, when we pray, Jesus says, we should take the time to rejoice. As we talked about last week, it's so easy for us to skim over the opening line of the Lord's Prayer as if it's just some sort of pleasantry to get to our requests, but nothing could be further from the truth. We are actually spending two whole weeks of this series just on the first line of this prayer because of the tendency we have to get straight to our request, making prayer all about that. So today we're focusing on the second part of verse nine of Matthew chapter six, which says, Hallowed be your name. Now just as a reminder of where we've been so far in this series, in week one, Pastor Jeff encouraged us to find a regular place and a regular time to spend in prayer with the Lord. If we wanna develop a deeper relationship with our Father, then setting apart a daily time in the Bible and in prayer is a must. Remember when he spoke, he referenced Matthew 6, verse 5, where Jesus says, when you pray, assuming that his disciples would take time to make that a regular habit in their lives. And then last week, we actually started to dive into the Lord's Prayer itself. And we talked about the importance of pausing, of being still to listen to God's voice. And then recognizing, making sure we remember exactly who it is we're talking to, not just dear God, but Father In heaven, He is personal and yet He is completely other. Instead of slipping into that mindless routine, we need to be still and know that He is God. I hope you practiced some of that this week and you felt a deeper love and appreciation for your Abba who is in heaven. Today, using that acronym we've been using for this series, P R A Y from Pete Gregg, we come to the R, which you can see there stands for rejoice. Now, I'm getting that from the word hallowed. In fact, could you read the first line of the Lord's Prayer out loud on you with me on your notes there? It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, what in the world does it actually mean to hallow God's name? And how do we practice this in our daily prayer lives? Those are the two questions I wanna consider together with you this morning. And so first, what does it mean to hallow God's name? If you're following on your notes, the root word for hallow means to set apart a person or thing as holy. To set apart a person or thing as holy. The best alternate terms are things like reverence or worship. I love how Psalm 99:5 puts it on your notes there. Will you read it out loud with me? It says, "Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy." In other words, set apart the name of the Lord our God from all other names. Let God's name be given a place, a position in your life, which is absolutely unique. Now, in Hebrew, the name of someone refers to their nature or their character, the personality of a person. Names were extremely important to describe who someone was. This is, for example, why Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter which means the rock, because Peter would become the apostle on whom much of the leadership of the early church would fall as we just saw in our study in Acts. My name, Steve, means crown, which hopefully isn't a reference to my hairline because my crown is fading in glory day after day. Now, I just gotta tell you how difficult it is to tell jokes to a camera, so I really hope you appreciate that. So when Jesus tells us to hallow God's name, it means treat it as holy. Or if you're following there, it means that every day set apart time in prayer worshiping God. Set apart time in your prayer life to worship God. Now, obviously that word worship is a really big word. Sometimes we've reduced it simply to mean the singing time in church services. But in the Bible, worship means so much more. It's a lifestyle, right? The way I live my life daily is a way I can worship God. Micah reminds us we worship God when we act justly, we love mercy, and we walk humbly with our Lord. But what we're talking about in this series is how we can do this in our daily prayer lives. How do we worship God's name and reverence? You see, I would guess to venture about your prayers because I know enough about mine, I don't spend a whole lot of time here. It's, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I have some stuff I need to request from you. Jesus says, you know what, that's okay but you're missing a critical piece, prayer is also a chance for you to worship the Lord. And because God's name is holy, he deserves my praise in prayer. So to make the connection to the last two weeks, once you've got your place, you're alone in that place, once you've paused long enough to be still, to listen to the Father's voice, once you recognize who it is you're meeting with, my Father in heaven, spend some time simply setting apart God's name, praising his name, hallowing his name. Now here's the truth about me. I don't always feel like worshiping God's name. Sometimes I wake up in the morning feeling a little down or sad or I'm really busy, I'm distracted with all the things that I have to do and worship is the last thing I wanna do. Add on top of that, as my family knows well, I am not a morning person. I like to say I'm a 10 to 2 kind of person here. And so what do I do when I'm feeling those ways? I love how Pete Gregg so wonderfully says it. I have this quote, it's a little longer, on the screen. This worship is an act of the will. Instead of waiting to worship until I feel like it, which could be a very long wait indeed, I begin to thank God for all the evidence of his love in my life, often speaking out loud until my feelings fall into line with the facts. Sometimes this can seem a bit fake at first, but that's okay. And occasionally I continue to feel tired, sad, or lethargic, and that's okay too. If I only said I love you to my wife when I was overwhelmed with passion, I wouldn't tell her often enough. And actually, my love for her may well be more honest, less fake, in the cold light of an ordinary day than it is during a surge of emotional moment. The writer of Hebrews urges us to offer to God a sacrifice of praise. What could be more sacrificial than praising him when we don't feel like it? It's relatively easy to worship when we're singing stirring songs with the saints on Sunday morning, but not so easy on a miserable Monday morning before work. I suspect that unemotional worship, the kind that feels a bit forced and fake, is precious to God precisely because it is so costly to us. So listen, sometimes hallowing God's name, worshiping God's name is not gonna be accompanied by emotion, other times it will, but Jesus' encouragement to us regardless is when you pray, take the time daily to hallow God's name, to rejoice in God's name. And so how do we begin to do this practically in our prayer lives? Once again, our hope for doing this series is not to make prayer more complicated. It's actually to simplify it and make it more meaningful to you, to make it more accessible to you. So what would it actually look like for you and me to start doing this every day? Well, if you're following on your notes, here's two ideas I'm gonna unpack the rest of our time. Number one, spend time rejoicing in who God is. And number two, spend time rejoicing in what he does for you. Let's break that down. First, what would it look like to spend time thanking God for what he has done, rejoicing in God's name or who he is? I totally messed that up. Let's break that down. First, spend some time rejoicing in God's name or in who God is. Other words for this would include praise or adoration. And so if you're following on your notes, we rejoice in God's name with praise and adoration. Now, this is different than thanking God for what he has done or for what he does for us. We're gonna talk about that next. This right here, though, is one of those other life-changing things that happened for me in my prayer life. You see, there's a difference between adoration or praise and thanksgiving. Praising or adoring God's name is simply taking some time in our prayer lives to worship God for his nature and his character, or as Jesus says, to worship him for his name. Now, this doesn't have to be flowery or dramatic. There's no right or wrong way to praise God as long as it's coming from your heart. For example, I've done this before. It's totally legal in the middle of your prayer time to turn on a worship song, a song that declares the greatness of God. Sing along to it. Remember, Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. So whether you can sing in tune or not, it doesn't matter. God loves to hear your praise. I know other people rejoice when they're outside, maybe hiking on a walk or riding their bikes. It's totally legal to rejoice in God's name during those times as well. But what we're talking about right now is that daily set apart time in prayer and learning to adore God's name. I wanna share a super helpful tool that has been for me in my life. If you're following, here it is. Take some time to actually pray over the names of God in the Bible. To rejoice in God's name, take some time to rejoice in some of the names of God in the Bible. If you want to expand your vision of who God is, I can't encourage you enough to try this. As I already mentioned, God's names reveal an aspect or a characteristic of his nature. This will lead us to deeper praise of who he is. For example, Jehovah Shalom is one of the names given to God in the Bible. It means the Lord, our peace. It can remind me that God is a God of peace. Another name is Jehovah Jireh. This is a name that Abraham gave to God after he spared his son and provided another sacrifice. He is the Lord who provides is what that means. I think you can see how these names for God can be wonderful jumping off points to begin praising and adoring him simply for who he is. You'll notice on the back of your notes there, I've included some of the names of God, some of the characteristics and traits of God. This could be a great starting place for you, but I wanna remind you again, there's many more of these listed on the website. You can see right here that we've created just for this series. Now, maybe you're asking yourself, how do I actually incorporate this into my prayer life? So I'll actually have you turn your notes over. I'm gonna embarrass myself and show you how I do this in my prayer life. We'll just take the first two as an example. Number one there, it says he is a faithful God. This is a name, a characteristic, a trait of who God is. And so when I'm praying, I might simply say, Father, I rejoice that you are a faithful God. I rejoice as I look back over my life. I have seen you at work in so many ways, even when I can't see it. Or maybe take that second one. He is a forgiving God. Father, how can I thank you enough that you sent Jesus to die for my sins so that I could have new life in him? I rejoice in Jesus and his sacrifice. I think you can see how you can begin to incorporate this into your prayer lives. There are hundreds more names or characteristics or traits you can find of God in the Bible. Try it this week. Just rejoice in the name of God. Now, one last thing here. I'm gonna give this to you for free. Another way to begin to encourage your family to participate in this, especially your kids, what a great way to start your kids thinking about adoring God's name is every time you pray around the dinner table, take a time, take the opportunity for each one of you simply to say something you love about God. This is a way to begin to incorporate praise and adoration in your kids' lives. Now, after you take some time to do that, to praise God, adore God for who he is, We should, number two, take some time to thank God for what he does and gives. Take some time to thank God for what he does and gives. This is the thanksgiving part, and I'm guessing for most of us, this is probably a part of our prayers. Thank you, God, for this food. Thank you for this day, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all very important things to thank God for, right? The daily graces he gives to us. But I'm gonna challenge you to take it a little bit deeper in your daily prayer times, to take your gratitude to a whole nother level. And one of the easiest ways for you to build up your thanksgiving muscle is to read a psalm or a part of a psalm every day and then incorporate that into your prayer. After all, if you're following on your notes, the psalms are an amazing resource for growing in gratitude. They are filled with songs of thanksgiving and gratitude, not only for who God is, but also for what he does. Without question, more people have learned how to pray from the Psalms than any other way. The Psalms were the prayer book of the people of Israel. Jesus would have grown up praying these Psalms his entire life, they would have been core to who he was. The early Christians incorporated the Psalm book into their daily and weekly worship services. I can honestly say This has affected my prayer life in tremendous ways. Honestly, at first, I felt a little bit guilty for using the Psalms to thank God because I'm like, I'm stealing this from other people. But I think that the Lord loves when we use his word and we pray it back to him. Now, of course, there are all kinds of Psalms. There are Psalms of lament. There are Psalms of adoration. There are Psalms of pain and suffering. But what we're focusing on right now are Psalms of thanksgiving. And to get super helpful and practical with you, I hope, if you're following on your notes, Psalms of Thanks include these. And I've listed a lot of them there for you to get started. I'm not gonna go over all of them. But you can hopefully use these in your daily prayer life. Again, you don't have to read a whole one, just read a little bit of a Psalm. Now, how could this work for you in your prayer life. Again, I'm gonna embarrass myself and tell you how I do this. So let's just look at one of them. On the back of your notes there, I've included some ways that you can rejoice in what God does. Not all of these come from the Psalms and I'll mention one more time, there's a lot more of these that you can find on that webpage. But let's just take one right now that I think is pretty appropriate for the season we're in as a nation, as a world. I look down almost at the bottom and I see that God is in control. He is in control. This is one of the characteristics and traits of God. And so again, I've taken some time to praise God's name. Now I'm taking some time to thank God for what he does. And so I might turn my attention in prayer and say something like this, Father, I thank you that you are in control, that you are sovereign. Even though right now I feel worried and scared about this virus, I can trust that you are the God above all gods, that you are in control even of this. I think you could see how that might work in your life. I hope at least you can see how you could practice this and begin to do that. It will move us past some of the routine things we thank God for. I'm not telling you to get rid of those. Still thank God for the day. Thank God for his daily provision. But let's move a little bit deeper in how we can rejoice in what God does for us. Psalm 118 verse 21 says, I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. This is just another example of the things we can thank God for, that he answers prayer, that he is a God of our salvation. Now, I just want to add one more thing in this section. Why use the word rejoice instead of some of the other words that I've been throwing in there? Why not gratitude or thanksgiving or adoration or praise or even worship? other than the fact that it would ruin a perfectly good acronym, I've come to realize in my prayer life, this word, even though it's just semantics in some way, has made a tremendous difference because the word rejoice is actually a choice. So when I say to God, I rejoice in this food, it just feels different to me than saying, I thank you for this food. It's already here. To say rejoice, at least for me, makes it more of a choice of thanking God. I've grown to love this word rejoice, and I hope you use it this week as you begin to practice this in your prayer life. Now, I'm gonna close today with this thought. Have you ever asked yourself this question, what does the Lord really want from me? What does God want from us? Now, the answer to that question is probably more simple than we've made it to be. In fact, some of you may be familiar with what's called the Shorter Westminster Catechism, which was written hundreds of years ago as kind of a tool, a helpful tool to help young Christians understand the basics of the Christian faith. It was written in sort of a question and answer type style so that even kids could begin to learn the basics. And the very first question on this catechism addresses exactly what it is God wants from us. Look at the question on the screen with me there. It says, what is the chief end of man? In other words, what is the deal for our lives? What does God want from our lives? And notice how it answers it. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's it. If you're following on your notes, what God desires from us is to glorify him and enjoy him forever. I mean, honestly, haven't you thought, if I only knew what God wanted from me, I would do it. Well, there you go. Believe it or not, what God wants for us is to glorify him both, yes, with our lips when we sing, when we pray, but also with the way we live our lives and to enjoy him forever. Friends, why would we spend a whole week on this idea of rejoicing? Well, if you're following again on your notes, we need to know that the one thing God desires is my worship and only I can give it to him. Let me repeat that. The one thing God desires is your worship, and only you can give it to him. It's not enough to come to Sunday mornings and when the band's playing and people are singing around you to count that as your worship. You lift up your voice, and in the same way, when it comes to prayer, to rejoicing in God and who he is, God wants to hear from you. That is how you can glorify him and enjoy him forever. Now, any parent understands this. I love my children unconditionally. There's nothing they could ever do to change my love for them. And yet, here's the truth. When I come home from a long day at work and they welcome me home with a hug or a, hey, dad, it's good to see you, I don't think to myself, is this really necessary? I already know it's good to see me. I already know, whatever. No, of course not. It brings me great joy to hear my kids' excitement to see me brings joy to my heart. Now the truth is my kids are both teenagers now so these are far and few between moments but how much more do you think it makes your heavenly father's day when you, one of his children, rejoice in who he is and what he has done for you? Friends, if you're falling on your notes, please understand God doesn't need our worship but it brings him great joy. And so this week, after you have paused, you were still, you listened to the voice of God, you recognized who you are meeting with Will you take some time to rejoice in God's name and in what God does for us? Rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in what he has done for you and is doing for you even now. Then get ready to improve your physical health, improve your psychological health, enhance your ability to be empathetic to others, sleep better, open the door to more relationships, improve your self-esteem and increase your mental strength. Of course, we don't do any of this for those reasons. We do it simply because God is worthy of our worship. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you once again for this incredible invitation to pray to you. We thank you for Jesus' words to us this morning, that it's important for us to take some time to recognize who you are, your great name, and to recognize what it is you do for us So we pray that we could be people who grow in this together. We want to be a people who learn to rejoice. So help us to make that choice this week, to rejoice greatly in your name and to rejoice greatly in the things you do for us, with us, every day, all day. We pray this together in Jesus' amazing name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information or to stay connected to Cherry Hills Church, please visit our website at cherryhillsfamily.org or follow us on Facebook.